The election is not over. The media just wanted to call it for Joe Biden because of tradition, I suppose, but mostly, I'd assume, bias. The media companies love themselves and they love their own authority. The New York Times, for instance, put out a tweet saying it's the duty of the media and no one else to call these elections. And then they had to delete it saying that's that's not. Oh, yeah, that's actually what we believe. So the media wants to call it for Joe Biden, even though only a few states so far have certified most of the I believe the major swing states have not yet. And there is a wide range of lawsuits and developments and multiple parties involved. It's not just Donald Trump suing. It's not him personally or his campaign. You've got the Republican Party of various states and independent voters who have launched lawsuits. This may very well end at some point. I guess Trump's going to be speaking later today on Operation Warp Speed. Some people are wondering if he's going to be speaking about the election, but that's all happening later. I'm recording this now, so we'll see. Maybe by the time you watch this video, it's all said and done, but I don't think so. Donald Trump doesn't seem like the kind of guy to just give up and he will exhaust every legal avenue before he decides the race is over. In fact, I don't think Donald Trump will ever concede. I think the race ends when Donald Trump is handed a court order, or I should say a verdict saying, this is the result of your suit. It's over. And then Trump will say, I never conceded. I fought to the bitter end. And that's what his supporters want. Well, we are not in a traditional legal battle. And the people who are fighting for the office of the presidency are not your traditional mainstream players. Oh, I know we all remember Mitt Romney with a firm handshake and a good job, Obama, when he lost. Well, Donald Trump is using every legal tactic he can to fight to the bitter end. The left is going above and beyond to make sure that they get the reins of power, chasing away Trump's legal teams. That's the big news. One of Trump's legal teams has just dropped out. Why? Well, there is some news about the lawyers at this firm, Porter Wright, feeling like they were undermining the election by helping the president. But I really don't believe that's true. I think they're only saying that because they were being targeted by the Lincoln Project, resistance, never Trumpers and leftists harassing the lawyers and their clients. Now, this law firm has pulled out. Another law firm, Jones Day, is issuing a clarification. We do not represent Donald Trump. We represent the Republican Party as if that's going to do anything about the harassment and the targeting. It's actually called brigading. This is what they're doing. They put out the contact information for for individuals. Those tweets got taken down. They tell people we're going to go after their clients. And then they publish the contact information for these law firms. They want to bog them down so that these firms can't operate. This is unethical. Donald Trump has a legal right to seek legal recourse, but they don't want him to do it. And thus, they are targeting him. They are targeting the law firms. And this is dirty underhand tactics, which to me says they're not confident they're going to win. Or at the very least, they are awful, amoral people. Dare I say evil. If you have a right, if you are right, then you fight in court. They are trying to stop Trump from playing the game. That's not fair. That's cheating. And it's uh, as such, Twitter even took down one of the tweets from the Lincoln Project because it crossed the line. But they're pushing against the line as hard as possible. They are not. Listen, what you need to understand about this legal battle with Trump and Joe Biden and the courts and the states or whatever. This is not some 
I, I, I disagree, good sir. This is straight up. Give me power or else. The only problem, uh, the, the main issue here. Well, Donald Trump's doing it the normal way through the normal rules. And that I find acceptable. When you have claims of fraud and impropriety and irregularity, we should make sure that we investigate these things. Trump is also challenging the process, which is allowed to do. But the left harassing people, that's outside of the confines of normalcy. Yeah, they're the ones who are breaking the rules to try and steal power. But let's read the news and see exactly what's going on from uh, the story from Politico. Another law firm bails out on Trump campaign. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. I've got a P.O. box. You want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do, share this video. And you know it by now because I always ask. But seriously, sharing the video is the most powerful thing. And let people know why. If you don't think I'm doing a good job in reporting information or giving you thoughts and ideas that, you know, in a rational way, don't share it. But if you think I'm saying things that are important for people to know, sharing it is the best way to get the word out and help my channel. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the story from Politico. They say another law firm has moved to drop its representation of President Donald Trump's campaign in its flurry of lawsuits, challenging the results of last week's presidential election. Late Thursday night, Columbus based firm Porter Wright Morris and Arthur notified a federal judge hearing a Trump filed suit over the election tallies in Pennsylvania that the firm is seeking to pull out of the case. The development comes as Trump's political opponents have sought to put public pressure on law firms, assisting what many legal experts view as a meritless and likely fruitless campaign to try to thwart President-elect Joe Biden from taking office, despite the fact that major media outlets have declared Biden the victor and the near final counts showing Biden's thousands of votes ahead in key battleground states. Let me stop right there and tell you what that was. That's a framing device, which is completely irrelevant to the story. In an actual news story, they would say the development comes as Trump's political opponents have sought to put public pressure on law firms, assisting Donald Trump's efforts. Done. To go on and say arbitrarily legal experts view this as meritless and fruitless. Joe Biden already won. The media said it. That's unnecessary framing that shouldn't be in the article. But hey, (laughs) ethics be damned, right? If you were actually going to write this article, you could do framing in the other direction. You could say something like the, the development comes as Trump's political opponents have sought to put public pressure on law firms, assisting what many legal experts view as a meritful and likely powerful argument from the from the presidential campaign, negating several votes which were improperly counted. Why would I include that? It doesn't tell me what's going on. Just citing many legal experts. Who are you even talking about? You see how they're trying to play this game? That's the media for you. They say some Trump critics, including Republicans affiliated with the Lincoln Project, have indicated they plan to pressure the commercial clients of law firms representing the campaign to drop the firms if they continued with the court fight on behalf of the president. In the motion filed at 1153 p.m. on Thursday, Porter Wright lawyers Ronald Hicks and Carolyn McGee, who work out of the firm's Pittsburgh office, said the campaign was, quote, in the process of retaining and causing other uh, other counsel to take over the case. You know, I don't know what extent to what extent a judge could actually intervene in that capacity. But if I was a judge, I'd be like, what's the reason? And if the reason is you are being, you know, served undue pressure, I don't know what the recourse is, but there's got to be some remedy for this, right? I don't, I guess I don't know. Is there a legal issue with intimidating or threatening lawyers in civil cases? I have to imagine there is. 
I don't know, though. Not a lawyer. The attorneys said they and the campaign had agreed on the withdrawal, but Hicks and McGee were vague about the reason for the exit. Quote, plaintiffs in Porter Wright have reached a mutual agreement that plaintiffs will be best served if Porter Wright withdraws and current co-counsel and such other counsel as plaintiffs may choose to engage represent plaintiffs in this case. Politico says it is highly unusual for a major law firm to seek to withdraw its representation of a client in litigation so soon after it commenced the suit in question before U.S. District Court Judge Michael Brand in Williamsport, PA, was filed just four days ago. Because such a move can do damage to a litigant's case, the withdrawal requires Brand's approval. Porter Wright's attempt to depart the case comes as a series of briefing deadlines loom. And as Brand scheduled an argument session for Tuesday and an evidentiary hearing for Thursday on the campaign's claims that alleged irregularities in last week's vote justify preventing Democratic-leaning counties from certifying their votes. Let me just add, again, not a lawyer, so I could be wrong, but I have to imagine there are deadlines here. And if Donald Trump's campaign says to a court, your honor, we were doing everything in our power to reach our deadlines, but they are harassing our lawyers. High profile, powerful interests are brigading and harassing and threatening and intimidating our lawyers. We would love to get you these things done, but the lawyers are quitting. I imagine a judge is going to be mad about that because judges, for the most part, they sit down, they hear the arguments and they judge. But if they can't, because one side is harassing the other, they're not going to get mad at the victims. Sorry, you didn't get your filings in on time. That's your fault. It could. It could. Look, I'm not a lawyer again. Maybe it happens all the time. Sure. But I, I have to believe that a reasonable person, a judge would be like, why is this happening? Who is doing this and why are they threatening my court proceedings? Judges, in my experience, don't like having their space and their job messed around with. They want to be serious. They want to get the job done. They want to be fair and honorable and interpret the law as they see it to the best of their abilities. Throwing pie in the court, I can only imagine is going to make the judges angry. They go on to say Hicks and McGee did not immediately respond to a message Friday morning seeking comment on the development. In their motion, they said the firm would abide by its professional obligations when handing off a client and otherwise take such steps as as are necessary to avoid uh, prejudice to plaintiffs in this matter or to delay the court's consideration of the case. Trump's campaign, meanwhile, lashed out at the firm for backing out. Quote, cancel culture has finally reached the courtroom said Trump campaign communications director Tim Murtaugh in a statement. Leftist mobs descended upon some of the lawyers representing the president's campaign, and they buckled. Could this jam up the process to such a degree that the state can't be certified? Maybe a judge will say we're extending the filing deadline for Trump due to harassment from the from the other from the other party. Or I should say harassment from those seeking to obstruct Donald Trump because they're not the other party. It's just, you know, Trump's filing against the state. He added from Tim Murtaugh. The president's team is undeterred and will move forward with rock solid attorneys to ensure free and fair elections for all Americans. If Brand permits the Porter Wright lawyers to quit, the campaign will remain represented in the case by a Philadelphia based solo practitioner, Linda Kearns. Last week, another law firm representing the Trump campaign in similar litigation, Arizona based Snell and Wilmer moved to withdraw from an election related lawsuit over results there. A judge granted the firm's request on Tuesday. Yet another law firm, that has extensive ties to the Trump administration, Cleveland-based Jones Day, has also come under pressure for its role in election litigation. Last week, the firm issued a defensively worded statement 
stressing that its work on a high profile election related case was not for the campaign, but for the Pennsylvania Republican Party. That case, which is a subject of two pending petitions at the Supreme Court, began several months before Election Day. In that suit, Jones Day has asked the justices to take up and overturn a Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruling, allowing mail-in ballots received through Friday of last week to be tallied if they were postmarked by Election Day or appear to have been mailed by then. If they win, this will, uh, my only assumption, I believe, erase the gains made after Election Day. They say in advance of the election, the U.S. Supreme Court deadlocked four to four on a request to block the state's state court's ruling. Last week, Justice Samuel Alito partially granted another request by the Pennsylvania GOP for an order requiring that late arriving ballots be segregated from those that came in before the polls closed. Alito referred to the issue to his colleagues for further action, but no additional orders had been issued by early Friday. Four to four, a deadlock. That was before Amy Coney Barrett. Many people have said, and this is getting crazy. They said, if Trump really wanted to challenge these votes, he could have filed the lawsuit before the election day. This can't be done. It was an Atlantic article about Trump's Hail Mary pass to try and win. They said that there's something called, I think it's called latches, they said, where you can't wait until the results and then cry about the process. The only issue is that this is a four to four ruling. And I believe the official ruling was the, uh, that. So here's what happens. The Supreme Court gets deadlocked. They pass it back to the lower court's ruling. My understanding is they said you can't sue or you can't do that. You can't file these claims because we haven't done anything yet. There's not been an election. So we don't know what you're talking about. For all we know, no votes come in, right? Well, could be wrong. But if there are mail-in ballots that were received after Election Day, my un- but postmarked by the third, my understanding is if he wins, he erases that and Trump will win Pennsylvania. I don't know for sure. We'll see how ultimately it plays out. But the big issue at hand, of course, is not necessarily the legal battle, because I have covered that quite a bit. Right now, it's the underhanded, dirty tactics of the Lincoln Project and the resistance Democrats and some leftists from Bloomberg Law. Lincoln Project targets law firms working for GOP on election. They say a conservative group that gained prominence on Twitter for its ads opposing President Donald Trump is targeting two law firms that are helping helping Republicans in their legal battle over the November 3rd election. The Lincoln Project sent a tweet on Tuesday to its 2.7 million followers encouraging them to contact employees of Jones Day and Porter Wright Morris and Arthur LLP through LinkedIn and ask them how they can work for an organization trying to overturn the will of the American people. It encouraged employees of the two firms to resign in protest. The group has vowed to spend $500,000 on its pressure campaign against the two firms. Jones Day said in a statement that it isn't representing the president or his campaign in any case alleging voter fraud. The firm is representing the Republican Party of Pennsylvania in a case seeking to block the counting of mail-in ballots that arrived after Election Day that the U.S. Supreme Court is considering taking up. My friends, it might actually happen. Now, let's say it does happen. The Supreme Court takes it up. The five, the the four to four ruling becomes a five to four ruling with Amy Coney Barrett. Trump wins Pennsylvania. Uh, Trump would have to win, I think, two more states or freeze a couple more states because they just called Arizona for Joe Biden. So we will see how it plays out, my friends. It is a Hail Mary pass. Three of them. 
I think that's fair to say. And as of right now, as Trump makes these gains, and it looks like he does have some victories, you know, a Pennsylvania court just sided with the campaign, limiting the, the authority of the secretary of state or asserting she never had the authority in the first place. As this is all going down, it still does seem, in my opinion, that it is much more likely Joe Biden becomes president. Much more likely. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but we don't know for sure. And Trump is, he's climbing uphill. It may actually happen. That's why I think the Lincoln Project is doing this. Because they realize Trump's legal claims are going to actually work. Okay, maybe not they are, but they can. And that's scary, right? If you have ballots, there's several, there's several arguments. The two-tiered system is one of these arguments that in Pennsylvania, absentee and mail-in ballots were entirely different to in-person in terms of how they were processed and checked and the security. And thus, it's a violation of the 14th Amendment. All, all votes must be treated equally. That's not fair, right? There's also issues about when ballots could have come in. And this one is the really important, is one of the really important ones. Trump has also got a bunch of lawsuits going through. And I should say it's the GOP. It's also some voters trying to get full audits right now in Arizona. This actually might be the case. I think I actually have the tweet here from Nicole Valdez. She is a reporter at ABC 15. She says, AZ GOP now getting in on the legal challenges. The party just dropped a lawsuit earlier tonight demanding a hand count of votes by precinct not vote centers. Spicy. We'll see how that ends up playing out. Nicole says Maricopa County just completed their hand count audit on Monday and reported a 100% match. For reference, here's a snippet from a letter sent to, and then she just, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the snippet. She goes on to say, it's important to note a hand count audit by vote center is allowed. The elect uh, is allowed. The elections procedures manual lays it out, which has the full force and effect as law approved. Also, vote centers aren't a new thing either. While this is the first time Maricopa Vote has used the model, other AZ counties, Yuma, Cochise, and Yavapai, use it too and have been for longer. It is not over. Trump has his defeats. Trump has his victory. But the legal battle is on. Did anybody really think Trump would just give up? We didn't expect Joe Biden to give up. Hillary Clinton famously said Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because this is going to play out. You were right, Hillary. The only problem is you got the name wrong. Trump. Well, I'm sure Trump heard what you said to Biden and he thought it's good advice. Hey, we'll do the same. The truth is Joe Biden had the same legal apparatus set up in the event Donald Trump won. Joe Biden was going to go to war. And you know what? No Republican would have gone after his legal teams and threatened and harassed them. But that's exactly what's happening. And let me make one thing clear. I have the tweet from the Lincoln Project. I can't show it because it's got their private information in. But let me tell you, oh, that's a threat. When they say we're going to publish your information, when they call on people to go after your profiles and your clients, it's a threat. And I wonder if there's some kind of tortious interference. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, again, not a lawyer. So all the lawyers are probably watching and saying, oh, Tim, you're so wrong. OK, sure, fine. Maybe I'm just, you know, we'll see what happens. But I have to imagine you can't do this. It seems crazy, right? You've got Donald Trump and these lawyers and they have a contract and Trump and these lawyers, these lawyers are supposed to be representing Trump in a very serious legal battle by going in and threatening and harassing the legal, the, 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 the law firm. And then they say, we're not going to represent Trump anymore because we're being harassed. That's got to be some kind of interference, right? Maybe not. Maybe that's just the way it plays out. 
But I don't know. Because um, I, like, like I said, not a lawyer. But I, I, I suppose we're going to have to f- figure it out. Now, there's a few things I want to mention. We, we, we've got some legal issues that must be addressed. Notably, Wayne County judge dismisses Trump campaign's election lawsuit. They say the re-election campaign previously said it's seeking to stop certification of Michigan election results until defendants have verified and confirmed ballots were cast and tabulated in accord with the law and to ensure no unlawful, unlawful ballots were cast. The lawsuit cited multiple witness accounts of irregularities, incompetence, and unlawful vote counting. However, Wayne Circuit Court Chief Judge Kenny said this information is incorrect and not credible. Additionally, the campaign requested an independent audit of the election. This was also denied. We'll see where this goes. This is a, a, a judge in uh, the Third Circuit Court in Wayne County. I believe it's a state judge. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but um, we'll see. A chief judge. Trump will likely escalate these suits. It's likely not just going to be the Trump campaign where we've already seen several voters filing their own lawsuits. You're going to find the GOP filing lawsuits and thus Trump is still moving forward. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend, okay, that Trump is on a clean and clear path to victory through these legal means. It'd be fair to, it, it, it would be, listen, you know what? There are a lot of people who just want me to come on here and say, Trump's going to win no matter what. Ooh, just believe. That's not what I do. Okay. You, you, you can find people who do that and fine. Certainly there are people on the left who want me to just come out and say Trump lost. It's over, which is not true either. The reality is we are in the, metal, the middle of a massive battlefield. This is not a standard legal proceeding. This is not some civil issue where people say, well, you beat me in court. Ah, this is them using dirty, underhanded tactics. This is threatening people's livelihoods threatening clients and harassing people. This is more than that. But there's going to be a back and forth. Trump is not storming the fields, riding gallantly on horseback. There are some setbacks and there are some gains. As of right now, from where we started, Trump has made some pretty powerful moves. Some of these 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 suits may make it to the Supreme Court. And this one, this big one about vote deadlines could shift the game. A four to four ruling previously could now become a five to four with Amy Coney Barrett in Arizona. I mentioned we had that lawsuit over, you know, calling for a hand recount and audit. We have this story from CNN. Trump campaign drops Arizona lawsuit requesting review of ballots because there are too many ballots at this point for this to matter. We will see what that means. I don't know for sure, but I will be totally honest with you. I don't know which which of these news sources to trust. Joe Biden is not the president elect. The reason why previous presidents were is because the election results came in. We all kind of recognized it. And then the other person conceded. So with, you know, Mitt Romney or John McCain, for instance, they said, OK, I quit. I'm dropping out. Congratulations. You've won. Thus, the winning candidate can only have been Barack Obama. So he says, I'm the president elect right now. That's not the case. Trump has not conceded anything and he's in court. The fight isn't over. Trump may run out the clock and then time may uh, be up and he might lose. Or the clock may get stopped. A judge might say the harassment has unduly uh, taken away the ability of the Trump campaign to, 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 to have their legal right to challenge this and thus freeze the results. That seems like a long shot to me, especially you look again, not a lawyer, but I don't, I don't think see that being the case. Usually like I would assume the court's going to be like, well, too bad. We don't care what the outside circumstances are, but I have to imagine it's possible that it's, it's not fair that Trump can't, his lawyers are under attack. 
so they can't do their jobs. Again, this could end up with Trump flipping at least one state. But you got to realize while Trump is making gains, he's got to flip several states. And I just don't see that being very likely. But I'll tell you what, Donald Trump's not a quitter. That's the important thing. You don't have to like the guy. You can insult him all day and night, but the dude does not quit. And so long as he is playing the game, so long as he is in the game and fighting, the race isn't over. And so now we have all these media outlets that are saying things, and I don't know how much of it's true. Reports that Trump is is saying he's going to he's going to run for 2024. Reports saying, oh, Trump talked about how he's not really planning on winning and he's just fighting for his for his his base. Why would I believe that? They said Donald Trump didn't want to be president in the first place, but Trump filed his paperwork four years before he ran. No, Trump didn't really want to be president. Michael Moore with his insane conspiracy that Trump only ran for president because Gwen Stefani was getting paid more money. That would mean that Trump had the foresight to predict his contract would not, you know, that, that Gwen Stefani would get paid more money four years before she was. That's ridiculous. Trump filed the paperwork. He ran. As soon as he got elected, he filed the paperwork to run again. Sounds to me like Trump is not going to stop and he's going to win by any means necessary. There are a lot of concerns on the left for Trump moving people out of the Pentagon, firing people and DHS personnel. Some people have said he absolutely has brought on some loyalists and, and, and replaced some of these these positions. Some people say that's a sign of a coup because when it comes, when push comes to shove, they're going to be counting heads. And Trump has appointed people who are loyal to him. That's a far cry from wherever it is we are right now. But I tell you, the timetable is short. We are just about one month away from electoral college certification. And thus, we're going to wait. We're going to wait until the very, very, very last minute. And the Supreme Court's likely going to get involved. And I would be surprised if these people, uh, I would be surprised if some of these arguments actually failed because to me, they sound good. But listen, don't take it from me. If you read a leftist article, they say these these arguments from Trump are ludicrous. But when I read conservative articles, they're like, it's a very interesting argument. We'll see how it plays out. I think that's the fair approach. It's a very interesting argument. Seems to have merit. We'll see how it plays out. The left is just trying to tell everybody, or I should say the mainstream press, these magazines are like, no, 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 he's never going to win. He's never going to win. What do you think happens when you tell 77 million people Trump can't win? You won. Don't worry about it. And then one day they wake up and Trump is president. Their minds are going to explode. But we'll see. The bigger issue is, can Trump make it through as they harass his lawyers? Because his lawyers certainly couldn't handle it, couldn't handle the heat. I guess uh, we got to wait a month to find out. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is a different channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. We are in the middle of some kind of crazy election battle, and the mainstream media will tell you Donald Trump has lost. Joe Biden is the president-elect. But of course, Donald Trump is filing a wave of lawsuits, and he just had a very serious victory the other day when a court ruled the Secretary of State in Pennsylvania did not have the legal authority to alter ID deadlines, while the victory itself only covers a small amount of votes. And the media will tell you it's no big deal. They're just disqualifying some votes. It's big news. This could open the door for a wave of more lawsuits or victories because there's potential precedent. Now, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a judge, so I can't, you know, maybe I'm wrong about this. But the general idea is if Trump wins here, 
arguing the secretary of state of Pennsylvania did not have the authority to change the rules. The court order said the state legislature is the one who set the, you know, sets the rules. Theoretically, he could go after the Supreme Court ruling in Pennsylvania, which allowed a, a, a deadline extension. And it's just a path to more legal victories. Now, will it ultimately get him the election or flip Pennsylvania? Probably not. But hey, one step at a time. But I tell you this, you know, these, these, these a lot of these uh, arguments in these discussions that come from journalists are so misinformed and ill-informed. It is amazing how they walk right into this. You see, a journalist seems to have accidentally just argued on behalf of the Trump campaign, confirming that Trump's 14th, uh, uh, Trump's lawsuit citing Bush v. Gore and the 14th Amendment actually has merit. Now, let me let, let me first say, just because some journalist argued accidentally on behalf of Trump doesn't mean Trump's actually going to win. But if mainstream media journalists thinking they're against Trump because they don't know what Trump is suing based on accidentally support him. Sounds pretty good for Trump. Now, look, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Last night on the on the IRL podcast, we had a crazy night, Alex Jones and Michael Malice. And, you know, Jones was saying Trump's going to pull it off. Michael Malice saying no way. And it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen. I got to admit. You know, a lot of people are, are mad. They're like, Tim Pool is just passively accepting a Biden presidency. It's a machine, a gigantic one. And there is a war afoot. And it seems likely that the probabilities are a Joe Biden victory. OK, he didn't win yet. Is it is it stupid that the media is calling him president elect? Yes, but it is based on tradition. However, Trump didn't concede. Normally, we say, OK, this person's president elect because the other person conceded. Joe Biden's just going for it, saying, I don't need Trump to concede. I won. Yeah, but we have a constitutional process in this country. Anyway, I don't want to rant too much because I want to show you how hilarious this is. And I want to show you there's there's some there's some big news here. Notably, two Michigan state senators ask for an election audit before results are certified. Quote, it is our responsibility as elected public servants to assure the people of Michigan of the process's integrity through complete transparency and the faithful investigation of any allegations of wrongdoing, fraud or abuse. Their letter says completely agree. I'm not saying it's going to change any votes. You know, right now we've got, I guess, federal agents. What is this? Quote, there is no evidence that voting was compromised. DHS agencies overseeing election security say it was the most secure in American history. They're, they're also saying, I guess, there's no evidence that vote tallies flipped or anything like that. These are just, you know, processing glitches or whatever. Wh- wh- whatever. The point is, whether or not that's true doesn't change the fact that we need an audit. We definitely need an audit. We are still in the, the constitutional time period as the process moves along its normal route. I think it was Van Jones who called it a glitch that Trump could potentially win through what's called a contingent election where delegations in the House vote. It's not a glitch. It's the literal process. What you're talking about is some made up tradition where the, the, the projected winner is, declares victory and the projected loser says, I concede. And then we just go with it. and We don't wait for the process. If Trump wants to carry on his legal battles, the election's far from over. Now, the audit, good idea. What we're hearing, let, let, let me read you Kaylee McEnany's tweet and I'll explain. She says, New affidavits filed in Pennsylvania, including texts and emails, show that voters in Democrat-leaning counties were notified to fix their mail-in ballots, whereas Republican-leaning ones were not. I will provide the newest affidavits and updates to Sean Hannity at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Just below, we see the good old Jimmy Spencer. 
He is a, was a vice president athlete relations for Spring Hill Co. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? He's a verified Twitter user. And he says, it's over, Donald. The nonpartisan experts in declaring laws and policies just put you to rest. There is, quote, the November 3rd election was the most secure in American history. There is no evidence that any wrong, that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was in any way compromised. I love it when these blue checky, you know, individuals and journalists don't actually know what Trump is doing. And maybe it's on purpose. Maybe it is on purpose that Trump says fraud, fraud. And then they all run and look for the fraud. They're like, they're dancing around, you know, trying to figure out what Trump's talking about. Meanwhile, Trump's back over there and he's, he's, he's robbing the bank. He's not literally. I'm making a joke. The point is, let me show you the response to this tweet that makes me laugh oh so much. Grace Panetta. Oh no, Grace, what have you done? Senior politics reporter covering elections and voting at Business Insider has literally just agreed with the Trump campaign's actual legal argument. Oops. In response to Kaylee McEnany, who said, we have texts and affidavits showing that voters in Democrat counties were given the right to cure the chance to cure their ballot. She says, yes, we've known this for months. It's because the legislature has not created a standard statewide cure process for mail ballots, leaving it up to the counties to decide to give voters a chance to cure their ballots. It's the legislature who is responsible for the system. No, Grace, what are you doing? You just basically agreed with everything Trump said. The legislature is responsible for the system. That means the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania had no right to extend the voting deadline. And that means that each county was doing something different. My friends, that's Trump's lawsuit in Pennsylvania, a violation of the 14th Amendment citing Bush v. Gore. And these people don't have Google. So they're like, it's totally normal. It's happening. Here's why. And you're like, wow. So you agree with the Trump campaign? Well, I, I wonder if the courts will agree as well. If it is not a disputed fact, if it, if it is in fact a fact, sounds like Trump should be on track to win his lawsuit in Pennsylvania. Let me just stress. Grace Panetta, a journalist, she is for Business Insider, the senior politics reporter, said definitively, okay, and this is her, her statement. This, the legislature has not created a standard statewide cure process, leaving it up to the counties to decide to give voters a chance to cure their ballots. It's the legislature who is responsible for the system. If there is no process by which you can favor some individuals over others, my friends, it looks like we're entering very murky legal territory that may actually favor Donald Trump. Don't take it from me. Grace said it was true. My friends, I give you Bush v. Gore. Remember Bush v. Gore in 2000? I've got many people tweeting at me saying they're entirely different, Tim. They're not the same thing. Okay, check it out. In brief, the breakdown of the decision was this. And as we all know, George Bush ended up winning. Seven justices agreed that there was an equal protection clause violation in using different standards of determining a valid vote in different counties, causing an unequal evaluation of ballots in various respects. <gasps> Heavens, did you just say different counties were acting differently? They were giving people different standards on how to count their ballots? Oh, no. It doesn't matter if it's a Democrat county or Republican county. Therein lies the very serious challenge. But I guess the question is, what do we do? Do we nullify some counties? I mean, look, the decision with Bush v. Gore stopped the recount and then it just went to, to Bush, right? I don't know exactly what we would do here. Do we throw out ballots? Do we nullify the results or do we freeze a certification process? I honestly have no idea. But uh, 
while I'm not a legal expert or scholar, and I could just be some dumb guy on the internet, like all these other people that I'm talking about, sure, fine, I, whatever. I'm just telling you what I think. Maybe if you're a lawyer or a judge or something and you're watching, you can comment below and let people know what the real deal is. But it sounds to me, if Donald Trump's lawyers, probably some of the best lawyers money could buy, have made the argument that, and it's, and there's multiple arguments citing Bush v. Gore that could nullify votes in, in Pennsylvania. If they made the argument that Bush v. Gore says you must treat the ballots equally, and Kaylee McEnany was literally pointing out they have sworn affidavits proving that some counties were giving a benefit to some voters and others weren't, well, therein lies the very serious problem. There was a different standard of determining a valid vote in different counties. Now, that right there may be interesting because I don't necessarily know if that's the case here, but I think I have an argument. But let's let's start with the premise now. First, if one county says we're going to text you or call you to let you know your ballot's invalid and you need to like fix your address or something, if they don't do that somewhere else, is that a different standard in determining a valid vote? One could argue yes, because in one county they said that they didn't do it process, you know, they, they didn't fill it out. It's invalid. In another county said, well, well, it's not invalid. They have a chance to fix it. Therein lies, you know, different standards. You could also argue, no, the standard was the same. Was the address there? Was the address not there? Just because someone got a chance to cure it didn't change that fact. Maybe that's an argument. Sure. And we'll see how this ultimately ends up playing out. But it sounds to me like the first one really does make the most sense that you can't call people and have them fix their ballots and then others aren't allowed to do so. And if that's the case, then we should be allowed to have, you know, what do we do? Do we go back and say, no, if they can, we can. We can now go and cure all these ballots. No, it sounds like they might actually win this and disqualify all of the ballots that have been cured. And if I don't know what the number is. I don't think it's probably around 45,000. That's what Trump needs to flip the results in Pennsylvania. He could theoretically create a, a um, like a lawfare. It could freeze a certification process in Pennsylvania because you're going to have a bunch of legal challenges. And if they're not certified by, I think, December 8th, then they don't send electors and it's, it's frozen. This is what I think. I think it was Van Jones referred to this as the glitch in the Constitution. Now, that's got me worried because that language is, is, is messed up. It's not a glitch. We, we have contingencies. It's on purpose. It's called a contingent election. I, I think that's what it's called. It, it, it makes sense. We have an election. We have electors. We have all of these different processes by which we, we, we solve these problems. And if we can't, then the delegations will vote on it. Let me read you a little bit more from Bush v. Gore, just so we can, you know, be fair on this argument. And then I'll show you what's happening with, with Trump's lawsuit. They say Palm Beach County, this is back in 2000, changed standards of counting dimpled chads several times during the counting process. Now that I understand, that makes no sense. Broward County used less restrictive standards than Palm Beach County. Right there. That That's huge. Trump might get it. If you've got Allegheny County using different standards from, you know, other counties, um, what's the what's the other? I can't, I forgot the Philadelphia's county. Well, then there you go. Less restrictive standards. There were some ballots, and this is where this is where the uh, uh, the actual argument might come in for a Fourteenth Amendment. There were some ballots that didn't have addresses on them, and people in Pennsylvania just scanned them anyway and counted them. That is a different standard for votes. So we got we got a we got a big big mess on our hands, man. If all of these things have happened and Trump has multiple paths, it sounds sounds like even the journalists agree with the core argument he made. You can't have different tracks. Now let me let me tell you. You can have different standards. I think mass mail-in voting probably will. Look, it's never been done before. Universal mail-in voting, mass absentee and all this stuff. 
It's never been done before. We have absentee ballots. They make sense. Okay, there's there's a reason why we do them. We make exceptions. But even that might end up getting thrown out in this because we don't have a Supreme Court ruling on how this how this works. One of the core arguments from the Trump campaign is that if you go in person, you've got security guards, you've got people around you. They look up your name, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of security, a substantially different process for universal mail in voting. Now, this would predominantly affect places like Nevada. So we'll see how that plays out. But in Pennsylvania, we did have a large quantity of absentee ballots, like a massive amount, thus creating two different tracks with two different standards for what qualifies as a legitimate vote. Trump might actually just get the Supreme Court to say this election was broken by Democrats changing the rule at the last minute. And my friends, I give you judge hands Trump win rules. P.A. official exceeded authority by changing election deadline. Decision could be appealed to the state Supreme Court. The the uh, uh, woman, Secretary of State, didn't have the authority to change these rules. It's up to the state legislatures. And apparently the Supreme Court ruled against, you know, uh, they, they changed the deadline. Long story short, if the legislator is supposed to make in the rules and they don't have the authority to do so, then it sounds like we have created two separate tracks with different standards, which would fly in the face of the Bush v. Gore ruling under the 14th Amendment, just because there's a ruling that doesn't mean it make, make, make it absolute, but essentially. And then Trump might actually argue this. The Supreme Court might actually say two things. The elected officials in these different states had no authority, these specific individuals, to change the rules or to encourage a separate secondary track, which we we find is in violation of the 14th Amendment. Thus, these states nullified. Listen, the likelihood in which this happens, I honestly have no idea. Trump is fighting and it seems like a long shot. But every day the media starts to say more and more about why it might actually happen. You know, at first, the narrative after Saturday was Joe Biden won. It's all over. Everyone shut your mouths. And then Trump side were like, no, harumph. We refused to back down. And we saw Donald Trump file these lawsuits. Now the lawsuits are actually starting to push through. Trump says we're going to have some results by next week. We'll see. We actually still have quite a bit of time until the actual federal, uh, until all the states need to be certified. I believe it's December 8th. I could be wrong. And then they choose the electors. And then on the 14th, the electoral college votes. But Trump is going for a constitutional win. And as is his right, I don't exactly know how the Supreme Court will rule. But I tell you this. Doesn't it feel like the pieces are being lined up? I don't know what that means. Just because Trump places the dominoes doesn't mean when they fall, they'll fall properly. I've seen, you ever see those big domino, uh, uh, like murals they do where they'll flick it and then it, you know, everything knocks over and it makes a big picture of like Batman or something. I've seen those things screw up and everyone's like, oh, you know, cause like it missed a hit or something. Trump is lining up these pieces. Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. She assisted Bush in Bush v. Gore. Brett Kavanaugh, same thing, assisted Bush during Bush v. Gore. And we also have Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts. Now, a lot of people think Roberts is going to side with the left of the court, and he did already once, but we'll see. But I tell you this, perhaps the reason Donald Trump chose out of everyone he could have chosen for the Supreme Court, these two people, because they provided arguments which said they were, they were, uh, there was an equal clause violation using different standards of determining a valid vote in different counties, causing an unequal evaluation of ballots in various respects. Sounds like the people that Donald Trump appointed to the Supreme Court, just two of them, not Gorsuch, uh, 
would likely agree with the decision handed down as they argued on behalf of this. Let me put it this way. Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett and Roberts helped George W. Bush push the argument that there was a 14th Amendment violation in Florida. They argued this. It is their argument. Could you imagine being a judge and someone comes up to you and says, I'd like to cite for you your own opinion from 20 years ago? It's like, yeah, all right. I hear you. Now, opinions can change, but we're talking about legal opinions. We're not talking about someone saying, do I you know, appreciate warm weather or cold weather more? Do I like snowboarding or skateboarding? Those are opinions. Who's your favorite sports team? Well, that can change. These are legal opinions. And if these people are originalists and they say, this is how the Constitution works and this is what this means, it's very likely their opinion is going to be the same. So Trump took a couple of people who actually made the arguments he's making now And now he's going to argue to them the same argument or a similar argument that they once argued for someone else. Doesn't it feel like pieces are being lined up? I'm not saying Trump is going to win. Not at all. I'm saying Trump is doing well in in, in terms of like lining up the chess pieces like he's setting the stage. He still might lose. You know, he may have planned ahead. He's got a media apparatus he's up against. But I mean, it is what it is, huh? Now, ultimately, we're going to see how things play out, right? Trump is 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 doing what Trump does. You know, this is this is the core that we have from just the news. Trump campaign alleges two tiered voting system, potential fraud in Pennsylvania lawsuit. This is from back on uh, on the ninth. Trump is going to do his thing. Now, I'll tell you what I'm really worried about. There's a video from uh, I forgot the guy's name. I feel bad because it was it was a good video, but he explains how a civil war could start. I know, I know. Here we go. Uh, it's important conversation. He brought up a really, really good point. It's not about um, whether there is or isn't, but about the powder keg that we're sitting on. Look at what's happening. This woman, Grace Panetta, who is a journalist, literally just made the argument on behalf of Trump, probably because she didn't actually read the lawsuits. Why? I, sure, maybe the argument she's saying is we've known for months, therefore Trump should should have sued a long time ago. But Trump couldn't sue as uh, you know until. I guess I guess the argument, there's two arguments here. One is Trump should have sued early when he knew they were doing the curing. The other issue is that Trump couldn't sue until they had finalized numbers on what the curing impact was. Is Trump going to go in and say, we hear they're doing curing. We don't know because they haven't counted yet. Then the court's going to be like, well, then come back when you know. Thus, it happens after the election. But I'll tell you what's worrying. I'll tell you what's worrying. On Saturday, last Saturday, I believe it was Saturday. Joe Biden is announced the victor by all the media outlets. I tweeted this. I said, uh, I believe I tweeted on the fourth. My current thoughts. Media calls the race for Biden. Trump files lawsuits. Trump wins. Next four years, Trump stole the election. I think it's actually potentially it's 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 worse than that. I will say there were some funny people saying, Tim, the media doesn't call elections. (laughs) They literally do. They did. But anyway, here's the point. What do you think happens when you take a bunch of people, 77 million, all these normies, and you, 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 you just pepper them with news, just spray it in their face of President-elect Joe Biden, Joe Biden wins, Joe Biden wins, Donald Trump loses. They believe it, even though the process hasn't finished. Then what do you think happens if Trump wins a massive legal victory and now the results are, 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 are being challenged? One day, these people who don't watch the news and aren't paying attention wake up to hear Donald Trump is the president again, and you did not win. These people are going to have some kind of psychotic break. Their, their brains are going to explode. How is that possible? The media said Joe Biden won. It was over. Ah, and then they go crazy. 
Me personally, I think it, it really there, there's two things going on. My head says it's going to be Joe Biden. My heart says it's going to be Donald Trump. It's weird, isn't it? In 2016, I felt the same way. My head said Hillary Clinton. My heart said Donald Trump, but I didn't vote. I just felt like everything I had seen was lining us up for a Trump victory. But my head was like, no way. That could never happen. And that's how I feel right now. I feel like we're on track for a Joe Biden presidency. But something is is happening where in this gut feeling, the pieces just I'm looking on the chessboard and I'm like, Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, the lawsuit victory. The journalists are now arguing this is getting weird. Maybe that's just it, though. Maybe it's just weird. Nothing's going to happen. Maybe it really is just a Trump temper tantrum. Sure. But I'll tell you one thing, regardless of whether or not it is or isn't, we're sitting on a powder keg. And that to me is is the most worrisome. Trump could figure it out. He could find a way to victory and they could just snap and go nuts. The one thing I think is uh, uh, really worrying is in the event that Donald Trump actually does win. The media just comes out and says Trump didn't. Trump stole it. They're going to say that Trump put Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court purposefully to defend him and she's paying him back. They're going to say something like, this is the quid pro quo. We get you on the Supreme Court. You get us reelected. It's going to be something like that. But people are going to lose it. And if this ends up happening, I'm worried. And I tell you this, every day it seems more and more likely. When the news first came out that Trump was filing a suit in this direction, I was like, okay, it's a Hail Mary pass. It's a long shot. Then we just got word that Trump won one of these lawsuits, throwing out some votes because these officials don't have the authority to change the election. But more importantly, it's the state legislators that have the right to do so. That could theoretically nullify absentee or universal mail-in ballots in states that didn't have the legal authority to change the election code. Another one of Trump's arguments. And if that happens, people are going to say, my vote got thrown out. It's not my fault. And they're going to say, every vote must be counted. Trump is cheating. I guess we'll find out. I'm chilling. We'll see. Had a lot of fun last night hanging out with these crazy guys. I hope you all had a good time. But uh, I'll keep tracking the news. And we'll see how it plays out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. At a certain point, as the cliffs of censorship continue to erode, I will find myself at the precipice and then over the edge. You see, I'm going to stay where I am, talking about what's going on and refusing to back down. And that means eventually... They'll probably just ban my channels outright. But you know what? Whatever, man. So be it. Ladies and gentlemen, I could not believe this headline when I saw it. Fauci says U.S. has independent spirit, but now is the time to do what you're told. Sorry, we have a constitution in this country, Dr. Fauci, and you don't get to just tell people to do as they're told. One of the greatest creations of mankind, government for, by, and of the people. So psychopaths like you can't tell us to shut up and do as we're told. But as our freedoms erode and the internet becomes this vast and wild land that is slowly being constrained by massive international corporations, it does feel like we are staring down the barrel of a gun or that there is some kind of inevitability. They will take away our right to speak. They will unperson people and they will use these networks to try and manipulate. But as the Internet has created this path to manipulation and strange social drivers that have driven people into cancel culture psychosis, it's also given you the opportunity to see videos like this. 
That's probably why uh, at some point they're going to ban me. And I know that their excuse will say something like the videos that Tim puts out are encouraging people to break the lockdown rules or blah, 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 whatever they say. My friends, so long as we have a constitution, they cannot just tell us to do as we are told. Truth be told, as I stated, I didn't believe this. What you are looking at on the screen is CNBC. This is CNBC. That's it. Dr. Fauci said it. Amazing. Dr. Fauci said the independent spirit of Americans has gotten in the way. Oh, I'm so sorry, good sir. Has our independent spirit, which we fought a war for and won, gotten in the way? That's too bad. Now, listen, I think COVID is serious. I think we're doing our best. And a lot of people need to understand that even with the mortality rates, they're, 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 I don't want to say they're low because they are a lot higher than the flu, but it's like 99.99% for anyone under 19. And it's 90, I think 97.5 survival for uh, people over 70. The issue is lingering health effects. There's a 20%, uh, 20% or so people have ongoing health effects afterwards. So I certainly don't want to get this. I don't want other people to get this, but I've got my limits. The lockdowns we've they've been advised against. They, we, we, we have U, uh, UN doctors. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. World Health Organization now warns against lockdowns due to extreme economic damage. October 13th. Fauci is at odds with the World Health Organization. So please tell me what about our independent spirit you need to do away with? For what reason? White House is from CNBC. White House coronavirus advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, thinks that Americans have an independent spirit, but that that there are times when it's in our best interest to follow the rules. Sure, I can respect that, just not the way he put it. Fauci, speaking on Thursday at Washington National Cathedral with other top health experts on the pandemic, noted that it is a bit unfair to compare the United States coronavirus response with other countries. The United States isn't an island with five million people that can easily be shut down, he notes. So suppressing and controlling the virus is a lot more of a challenge. Now, I wonder what virus he's talking about. It's not some island with five million people that can easily be shut down. Sounds like you're, you know, uh, I'm, I'm being facetious here, referring to the people as the virus. They are the ones that must be suppressed and controlled, right? Now, you may be talking about the actual virus, but it really does sound like you view people that way. Because that's who you want to suppress, and that's who you want to control. He says, I was talking with my UK colleagues who are saying the UK is similar to where we are now, because of each, each of our countries have that independent spirit, he said on stage. I can understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. No, it isn't. Sorry. This is a country of cooperation. This is a country of, uh, well, we're a mixed economy. Competition and cooperation, a little, little mixy here and there. We recognize for the greater good of the nation and of humanity in general, we don't want people to die. We want to uh, curb the spread of this. But my friends, those who, who, who say, say that they're acting in good faith to help, you haven't. The lockdowns didn't work in some countries. Some countries didn't have lockdowns. And the World Health Organization has said no to lockdowns. Fauci is an authoritarian lunatic who doesn't know what he's talking about, because I can show you right here the World Health Organization saying they're warning against lockdowns due to extreme economic damage. So who is Fauci to come out now in the face of science and reject it like some kind of moron? 
Fauci noted that scientists have been perceived throughout this pandemic as authoritarian by members of the public because of the steps taken to combat the virus. He noted that's unfortunate that science has been lumped into politics all. In a, in a divisive society, he said, people's willingness to follow the advice of scientists has often been portrayed a political decision. Surveys have found that Democrats are more likely than Republicans to view COVID-19 as a major threat to public health. All of a sudden, science get caught. Science gets caught in a lot of divisiveness. I am not here to play any political game. I'm here to say straight up, I understand why Donald Trump pulled us out of the World Health Organization. China was was uh, lying about the virus initially. We know it's a fact. They were instructing their people in other countries to buy up protective gear and send it back to China. And the World Health Organization covered up the fact that China knew about the severity of the virus. I understand that. I also understand the World Health Organization is a bunch of doctors and scientists. Far be it from me to act like I know better than they do. But I'll tell you where the real problem arises. When you who are supposed to be supporting the World Health Organization. Joe Biden says, one of the first things I'm going to do. Come on, man. First 100 days back in the World Health Organization. That's right, Joe Biden. Okay. Well, I will take the word of the World Health Organization. You know, you know what else? YouTube told me I had to in that it. That's right. YouTube said that if you are posting videos that fly in the face of the World Health Organization, then, you know, that's grounds for removal or whatever. Well, I'm on the side of the World Health Organization saying no lockdowns. This Fauci guy, however, doesn't seem to care about science. He's become some kind of crackpot, anti-science authoritarian. They say, if the majority of Americans are following the guidelines, Fauci expressed confidence that we will not need to shut down the country. Instead, he explained, the virus could be brought under control if people wore masks, socially distance, and wash their hands. I got to be honest. I got no problem wearing a mask. I got a really cool one someone sent me. It's got a little beanie on it. It's fine. You need to pretend to be a ninja, I guess. I got no issue with masks. I think it's, I do think it's weird. There's so many people who are like, you know, you see these viral videos where they're screaming about other people wearing masks. It's like, you know what, man? You choose your battles. You know, it's not, I, I guess some people have said that there's like a social conditioning thing to wearing a mask and it, whatever. I, I really, I don't care. What, what the reality, the reality of this is your mental fortitude. If they can really impact your brain and your thought process by making you wear a mask, well then, I don't think you're a very strong mental fortitude. And maybe there are people who aren't. Maybe that's the problem, I guess. But I think you or I can understand we're of decently strong mental fortitude, right? I'm not going to be manipulated by the fact that I wore a mask. I got no problem wearing a mask. It's fine. Um, social distancing, washing their hands. I think it's funny that people don't wash their hands. What do you mean? Are they, you know, uh, there was like a survey or something, this funny video where they asked people leaving a, a fast food restaurant bathroom or something like, did you wash your hands? And like nine out of 10 said they didn't. And it's like really gross. Like most, maybe it's not that bad, but just wash your hands. And I, I, I look, I also have very little issue at all with social distancing. My issue, I, I say very little because there are instances where it's not practical. I mean, if we're having an election and people need to observe ballots for, you know, integrity and security reasons, I think there's certain limits we, you know, we have to have. We can't just be like always. But for the most part, it's fine. Look, I've gone to the store. I've, I've had no problem. My bigger issue is the lockdowns. And now it feels like they're threatening us with the lockdowns. And maybe I tell you what, maybe it's a big ask. It's still an authoritarian practice. If the big ask is we're going to lock the country down for six weeks, unless you wear a mask, then it's like, okay, just wear the mask. We can function completely fine as a society with all of our jobs wearing masks. 
I do think sometimes people will go a little crazy with it. I was riding my bike in like a forest preserve and I see people wearing masks by themselves in the middle of the woods. And I'm like, it's a trail, by the way. So it's not like, you know, just we're randomly in the woods like on, a, on, a, on a bike path. And I'm like, why are you riding your bike wearing a mask? OK, it's like you're not breathing on people and there's no one around you. It's fine. But if you're going to a store, if you're around people, I don't care, whatever. The issue is the do is you're told. If a business says no, no mask, no service, that's a private business, man. And I know the left is already saying, aha, we got you, Tim. You said, but my private business, a big difference between a variety of smaller stores and locations and, you know, the commons. Now, I do think if you want to mandate by law, then you're going to have to distribute masks because if someone doesn't have one, do you just say they can't go to the store? But if like, you know, I'm going to like the Jewelasco or the Savon or the Rite Aid or whatever store you guys have, and they say, we want you to wear masks. Same thing as if they say, we want you to wear shirts, you know, no shirt, no shirts, no, no shirt, no shoes, no service. So that I'm fine with. And I'm fine with the problem I have is the lockdowns didn't work. Clearly, the fact that it's already happening. And I guess you could argue this. We don't have. A, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Normally, I'd say like when it comes to Trump, we don't have a metric by which to gauge whether or not it worked because we have one planet. No, no, no. But we have other countries and we have places like Sweden. Not a good one for one because Sweden has a much smaller population, I think around 10 million. But for what it's worth, they didn't lock down and they're doing all right. So maybe we shouldn't have. And now we see this spike coming. We have the World Health Organization saying not to do it and they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Biden advisor floats possible six week lockdown, but he's talking about a nationwide lockdown. Now, that is sabotage. That is sabotage. That will cripple our economy. Makes you wonder, huh? After all of these beautiful and wonderful gains, they threw a a wrench right into the spokes. The World Health Organization says the extreme economic damage was bad. So why did we do it? 15 days to saw the spread. And now we're on what? 270 something. I don't know. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, something weird's going on. Check this out. Elon Musk says he tested both positive and negative twice for COVID-19 in one day and claims something extremely bogus is happening. And cue the angry leftists saying, this is irresponsible of you, Elon. If Elon Musk wants to tweet his opinion or his experience, so be it. It is an anecdote and doesn't change the fact that it doesn't change any of the data, but it does raise questions. So we can absolutely and should absolutely talk about it. So let's get back to the Fauci thing, and I'll come back to this. In his view, Fauci, herd immunity is not a viable strategy. It sounds simple in the context of this ominous outbreak, but in fact, we can turn it around, he said. Fauci spoke alongside Dr. Luciana Borio, a member of President-elect Joe Biden's Coronavirus Task Force and National Institutes of Health Director Dr. Francis Collins. I will add, the certification process has not even been completed, so the media calling him President-elect I find funny when Trump is contesting it, but I, I digress. More than 10 million people in the U.S. have contracted the virus and 242,000 people have died. There have been more than 1,000 deaths a day for weeks at a time uh, at a time. And the discussion comes as many health experts are growing increasingly concerned about the winter months. But this week, the country heard some positive news with Pfizer announcing that its vaccine is more than 90 percent effective. Fauci seems more optimistic given the vaccine news than he has in the past. He was hopeful that people can see a light at the end of the tunnel and will be ready to take the pandemic more seriously. When people know that help is on the way, I hope we can get over the COVID fatigue, he said. Very, very bold thing to say, Dr. Fauci. Do what you are told. Excuse me? Yeah, no. 
We have a we have laws in this country. Well, I don't know what Elon Musk is saying by uh, this test thing, but it, it, he does bring up some, you know, weirdness. And a lot of people, I guess, are now questioning the, the, the tests that have a very high failure rate. If we're using this test and its accuracy is that low, maybe that's why the amount of cases is skyrocketing, but the amount of deaths is not because the tests are bad. We need we need to fix this. And now I can already hear the left saying, how dare you discredit the test? OK, tell me which one do you prefer? Donald Trump got great testing and now it's been sent to everybody. It's wonderful. Or Donald Trump's got bad testing and now we're over testing and it's damaging because you can't have it both ways. So I tell you this, if you want to play the game, that is Donald Trump did a good job. Congratulations on getting those tests up and running. I'm, I'm down for it. Sure. Fine. But maybe something's wrong with them. How about that? The Daily Mail says Elon Musk has claimed he took four coronavirus tests in a day, two coming back positive and two negative, and declared something extremely bogus is going on. The Tesla boss, who has previously described lockdown measures as fascist, tweeted Thursday, was tested for COVID four times today. Two tests came back negative, two came back positive, same machine, same test, same nurse, rapid antigen test from BD. The 49-year-old may have been referring to Becton Dickinson's Veritor Plus system, a 15-minute rapid antigen test. BD is a major supplier of tests to the U.S. government. The FDA, which gave emergency authorization to the BD test, says any negative results should be verified by molecular testing, the most accurate form. Musk later revealed he was suffering typical cold symptoms and warned of the contradictory results. If it's happening to me, it's happening to others. That's a very serious problem. Then they're going to document these cases and it could potentially inflate the numbers of cases, which makes sense. When, like I said, cases are way up. Deaths are not. They say their documentation for the BD test warns that even a positive result indicates the presence of viral antigens. But clinical correlation with patient history and other diagnostic information is necessary to determine infection status. As regards to uh, as regards a negative result, it says negative results are presumptive. Negative tests result, but uh, results do not preclude infection and should not be used as a sole basis for treatment. It is recommended that these results be confirmed by a molecular testing method. You see how that problem works? If they say, if it says you're positive, you're positive. If it says you're negative, you better get tested again. Well, then you're going to skew towards more cases, aren't you? Last week, the FDA said it was alerting clinical laboratory staff and healthcare providers that false positive results can occur with COVID-19 antigen tests. Look, I'll say it again. I got my limits. If you come and say that we got a virus, it's got lingering health effects and people are dying and you want to take necessary precautions. I'm like, here, here. Yes, please. If you come and say, wear your mask and you'll be okay, you know, just to limit the spread. I say, it's brilliant. It's that simple. I don't got to do a whole lot. huh? You take a piece of paper, you a piece of cloth, you put it over your mouth, and then you're not spitting on people. I guess a lot of people don't quite understand. They think masks are protecting you. They're not. Because when you talk, you spit and, and things come out, you know, like droplets. So the mask makes sense. Very, very little you have to actually do. They really want everyone to do it. And I've heard the arguments against it, but I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not interested in, you know, these ideas of like mass global psychological operation kind of things. I certainly think people are exploiting the virus for personal gain. I certainly think Democrats exploited it to the, to the uh, most absurd degree possible to hurt Donald Trump. We know the lockdowns didn't work. We know they were bad. And the World Health Organiza Organization says don't do it. The Democrats didn't care. They did it anyway. But I tell you, man, I've, he I've heard some people saying that the point of masks was to like, uh, 
create, you know, create fear or something. And I'm like, you know, Occam's razor, the simple solution tends to be the correct one. People are getting sick. It's kind of bad. Not the end of the world. The problem is the people treating it like the end of the world. That's the issue. These Democrats coming out and saying, we're going to lock everything down. Six weeks. Are you, are you crazy? The World Health Organization already said no. That's the problem. The problem is scared, ineffectual Democratic politicians. I have to wonder about a national lockdown. That's what uh, Joe Biden's advisor has been floating. Now, Fauci is saying we don't got to do that if we, if we social distance and wear masks. Okay, fine. But at what point will it ever be enough? That's the big, that's the more serious question. Are we just going to wear masks forever? Are we going to lock down forever? I think so. I think that we've created this hysteria where we're trapped in a bubble where we will never face reality. And the reality is that the lockdowns are causing more damage than they're preventing to already. We've already got depression, suicide, starvation. At what point do we say the cure is worse than the disease? So that's happening. But the fear and the paranoia, particularly from Democrats, is going to continue. It's going to make people even more scared. They're not going to actually seek out solutions to this problem, or it may be the sad reality. There's no real solution. The only solution is herd immunity. I know I can already hear them saying, but that means people will die, Tim. I know. But if more people die because of a lockdown, then what do we do? In some instances, you have no choice but to be a utilitarian. I guess the deontological view would be lock everything down forever to prevent any immoral act against another person. But sometimes you have to accept no matter what we do, people are going to die. And if that's the case, then we need to make sure we're minimizing suffering and pain for everybody. I don't think many of these people care all that much about suffering and pain of the individual. I think they're just concerned about the math. They're concerned about looking good. And that's all that matters. As long as people accept me with a smile on their face, I'm happy. There's a lot of politicians, mostly Democrats, who believe it is better to absolve themselves of responsibility by shutting things down and saying, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. This is happening. I didn't make COVID. Then if they do nothing and people say it's your fault for doing nothing, they're blaming Trump for all the deaths. And it probably hurt him. I mean, that was a big issue. Probably hurt him in this, in this past election. We'll see how things play out through the certification process. And what was Trump supposed to do? Shut the entire country down? That would require a massive invocation of federal powers, and they would have attacked him for it. So therein lies the problem we face. If our politicians are too scared to step up and say, sometimes you have to recognize we can't control everything. Hurricanes happen. What are we going to do? Shut everything down. There's a hurricane coming. You can't. We have a natural disaster on our hands. People like Fauci are making things worse by telling you to do as you're told when he himself is ignoring the science. That's the problem with authoritarianism. Morons like Fauci who ignore the, the advice of the World Health Organization. And then what? Do as you're told. Well, you would cause serious untold damage, Fauci. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. at, I'm sorry, at 4 p.m. at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. I had to wait a little while to record this video because I needed to calm down. But reading this story uh, made me more, uh, enraged me more than anything I have read 
over the past several years. In fact, I can't recall being as angry as I've been. Kind of interesting feeling, you know, being a milk toast fence sitter, reading the news and being like, well, you know, going to move on with it, I guess. Not going to pout, not going to scream. And then to read that U.S. officials lied to the American people and lied to the president to keep the active duty troops on the ground in Syria when the president who was elected promising to end these wars, they, they lied to him in order to keep these troops on the ground. And it's funny. It's a joke. There's no democracy in this country. No one's there's the only subversion of democracy is things like this. And they're complaining now Trump is going to subvert democracy. Shove it. I don't care anymore. This was it. Donald Trump was pulling our troops out of the Middle East. For 20 years, we've been entangled in Iraq and Afghanistan. Thanks to the likes of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and the other crooked pieces of human trash in this in the State Department, we found ourselves entangled in more Middle Eastern and North African conflict. Got to get that natural gas up to Europe, though. That's the most important thing. Refugee crisis be damned. Who cares? The hundreds of thousands who are suffering, the millions who are forced to flee, who are forced to flee their homes. None of that matters to these people. They just want And so the American people said no, and they vote for something else. But your bureaucratic permanent government did everything in their power to subvert the president of the United States and the will of the people. And you sit there, share this, please, with all of your Biden voting lefty friends. Thank you all, Biden voters, for bringing back the despotic, psychopathic warmongers who are going to spend the next four years blowing up kids. And I hope the blood of those children weighs heavily on your conscience when you sleep at night. For 20 years, most of my, more than half of my life, we have been involved in some ridiculous Middle Eastern entanglement for stupid reasons. But the media loves it. The military industry loves it. And our despotic warmonger class loves it. Dropping bombs on American citizens in Yemen. Thanks, Obama. From Liz Sly. U.S. officials have been lying to Trump and the American people about the true number of U.S. troops in Syria in order to deter him from withdrawing them, according to the outgoing Syria envoy. Trump thinks it's 200. Liz Sly put little laughing, crying emojis. Liz, wrong emoji. She tried explaining it. She says, to be clear, I'm not implying it's actually funny. I use the weeping laugh because it's tragicomic. The joke is on Trump. No, it's not funny at all. I'm not laughing. I'm ready to punch a hole through a window. I'm sick of it. For, for too long. For too long. You know what? It's personal. I've told this story on the IRL podcast. Growing up, seeing the war and the murder and the anger. But you know what else? You know what else I saw? It was the deception. It was the manipulation. It was them poking me in the back, tricking me, telling me that I must do everything I can to make sure that these wars end. That was what I grew up with, writing songs about it. Punk rock. How about that? Then Obama came along and Obama said, we're going to end these wars. We're going to bring our troops back. Hope and change. I voted for him. There's a reason why Barack Obama lost around four million votes from 2008 to 2012, because he was a piece of garbage who signed. The, he, he re-upped the AUMF, the authorization for use of military force in the Middle East. 
He signed the indefinite detention provision of the National Defense Authorization Act, allowing them to arrest anybody without charge or, charge or trial, hold them offshore, do whatever they want, essentially. He entangled us in more Middle Eastern conflict, making everything worse. Yeah. The worst part of it for me was that when I was standing there and they said Obama won and I said, finally, we can put an end to war, to the murder, to the death, the civilians who have lost their lives, to the, the refugees forced to flee their homes. And then they were gone. Each and every one of these liberals, these leftists, poof, overnight, just gone. Left me standing there holding the bag, angry. Why are we still there? Why are there people today who are serving in the military who weren't even alive when 9-11 happened? And here's the news. Jim Shudo of CNN says in the madman theory, senior DOD officials told me how they fooled Trump into leaving troops on the ground. Quote, if you look at his tweets, they were definitive about leaving. And then we didn't leave. And now we haven't left. We're still there. And that's a good thing. Arrest these people. They defied a legal, lawful order from the president. They lied to us. They lied to him. Arrest them all. And it never, it's never going to happen because you live under the boot. These people don't care about you and they never will. Mitch McConnell doesn't care about you. Chuck Schumer doesn't care about you. Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about you. There's very few people in our government who actually do. They are zealous tribalists. They are moral authoritarians who think they know better. And they'll sell you out in a heartbeat for themselves. Trump ain't no saint. And he got all the problems in the world. You can start naming them all off. But I'll tell you what, he was pulling our trips out, at least trying to. And they did everything they could to stop that. Here's the actual story. Outgoing Syria envoy admits hiding U.S. troop numbers, praises Trump's Mideast record. Okay, sure. I can respect at least some of that, but I'm a bit angry and for, for good reason. Four years after signing the now infamous never Trump letter condemning then presidential candidate Donald Trump as a danger to America, retiring diplomat Jim Jeffrey is recommending that the incoming Biden administration stick with Trump's foreign policy in the Middle East. But even as he praises the president's support of what he describes as a successful real politic approach to the region, he acknowledges that his team routinely misled senior leaders about troop levels in Syria. These people are some of the stupidest, stupidest, most arrogant people. Did you did you hear what I just read to you? Well, Donald Trump succeeded in the Middle East and we definitely want to carry on. We were obstructing him every step of the way. Wow. Could we have had peace in the Middle East if these these moral authoritarian lunatic tribalists got out of the way? Perhaps Trump knew what he was doing, it would seem. And now they're saying, well, you know, it's real politics. You know, it, it worked out. You think we could have our troops back? They could be back home safe and sound, spending the holidays with their families, smile on their face, doing the right thing. They're not going to be. They're going to remain on the ground hidden from the American people. Something must be done about this. I'm not convinced it ever will. It's just the way things go in this country, I suppose. I am I am madder than I've ever been reading this. Quote, we were always playing shell games to not make clear to our leadership how many troops we had there. Jeffrey said in an interview, the actual number of troops in northeast Syria is a lot more than the roughly 200 troops Trump initially agreed to leave there. 
in 2019. Sorry. Trump's abruptly announced withdrawal of U.S. troops from Syria remains perhaps the single most controversial foreign policy move during his first years in office. And for Jeffrey, the most controversial thing in my 50 years in government, the order first handed down in December 2018 led to the resignation of former Defense Secretary Jim Mattis. Good. Good riddance. It catapulted Jeffrey, then Trump's special envoy for Syria, into the role of special envoy in the counter-ISIS fight when it sparked the protest resignation of his predecessor, Brett McGurk. For Jeffrey, the incident was far less cut and dry. But it is ultimately a success story that ended with U.S. troops still operating in Syria, denying Russian and Syria, Syrian territorial gains, and preventing ISIS remnants from reconstituting a success story. The military is going to do what the machine wants it to do. Your vote is meaningless. That's it. Your vote's meaningless. We've known for a long time that the will of the right of a regular person was meaningless. There's been numerous studies showing that no matter what popular opinion is, politicians just favor the corporate interests and the lobbyists. And that's it. We really are a plutocracy where the rich get richer and they, and they dictate what they want. And you know what they want? Natural gas, man. Come on. Cut a turkey pipeline. We got to get that gas up in Europe. Doesn't matter what happens along the way. It doesn't matter the people that I've met and interviewed in Europe in the refugee crisis. It doesn't matter the stories about people being uh, 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 on refugee boats coming from the Middle East sinking and dying. It doesn't matter the video of the little kid who washed up ashore dead. These people are fleeing these countries because of our entanglement, partly. I'm not going to blame the United States for everything. I'm not trying to be uh, unreasonable. There's war in the region, and refugees come for a lot of reasons. It's not just our involvement. We certainly exacerbate things and make them worse. Many of these refugees who came from, it's the eastern Mediterranean route. We're coming from Iraq and Afghanistan. That's the fault of the United States. I mean, there's always going to be refugees from a variety of regions. People are always going to be trying to flee. But I've met some of these people on the streets of Athens, Greece. I went to Lesbos. I went to the island. I've met the people who, who lived in Moria. I met the people who said they're from Iraq and Afghanistan, and it is war-torn. And so they fled. Look, the United States should not have gotten involved in these places. And it's, it's, it's likely the suffering would have been there regardless of our position. But at a certain point, you say enough. And we leave. And we focus on fixing Flint, where American citizens are suffering because of the lead in the pipes, because of the, the, the tainted water. But it doesn't get done. It doesn't get done. No. But the permanent bureaucrat class of our corrupt government will lie to the president and make sure the will of the people not be met. Lock these people up. This man is admitting to violating lawful orders and tricking the American people. The Republicans, the Democrats won't do it. And, and the Republicans won't either. Let's be real. When Trump tried withdrawing our troops, they all voted against him. That's what America is. And I hope you don't forget it. Because even when you get your president in, even if you get your, your, this is what they're going to do. And it's not going to change. I don't know what will change it. But uh, I'd like to give a special thank you to those who um, emboldened Joe Biden. And I want you to know that the eight years I spent watching that presidency and the things they did 
and the entanglements and the, 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 what they, thank you for helping make it all worse. Yeah. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around. I'll see you all shortly. After what I just read, the only response I have to this story is good. Do it. Trump, fire them all. They're lucky they're not getting locked up. Okay, not all of them. But the ones who lied to the American people about our troop levels, the ones who sought to subvert the will of the people and keep us stuck in these foreign wars with no justification, they're lucky if all that happens is they get fired. From CNN, Trump administration removes senior defense officials and installs loyalists triggering triggering alarm at the Pentagon. Yeah, what is this? We got General Anthony Tata, Douglas McGregor, Michael Ellis. Ezra Cohen-Watnick, and Cash Patel. Trump has brought in people who like Donald Trump. Maybe now they'll be honest with him about what's going on. And maybe Trump should have done this in the first place. Because you know what? I can be really angry about how they have subverted the will of the people and lied to us to keep us entangled in the Middle East. I can be extremely angry about it. But I got to be honest. Trump should have known better. He should have fired these people. He should have made these moves as soon as possible. I guess he couldn't, though, because of Russiagate. And now uh, with with the, the current state of the election, we'll see if Trump wins. But I tell you, if Trump ends up winning and pulling through, and I hope he does, I hope he does way more than I did an hour ago after reading these stories. I hope he gets rid of these corporate, these crooked, these corrupt individuals. This is about. American democratic institutions. It's about the republic. I suppose the elites don't want the rabble to decide what we should or shouldn't do. That's not the way this country is supposed to work for the most part. Representatives are supposed to represent the people. And if they need us to be in, say, Syria, then justification must be given. And if they can't do it, then get out. Why should we risk our sons and daughters, our brother and sister, our brothers and sisters, and to some, our mothers and fathers, overseas in this conflict with no justification. We shouldn't. They say, the Trump administration has carried out sweeping changes atop the Defense Department's civilian leadership structure, removing several of its most senior officials and replacing them with perceived loyalists to the president. Good. The flurry of changes announced by the Department of Defense in a statement roughly 24 hours after President Donald Trump fired Defense Secretary Mark Esper has put officials inside the Pentagon on edge and fueled a growing sense of alarm among military and civilian officials who are concerned about what could come next. Four senior civilian officials have been fired or have resigned since Monday, including Esper, his chief of staff, and the top officials overseeing policy and intelligence. They were replaced by perceived Trump loyalists, including a controversial figure who promoted fringe conspiracy theories and called former President Barack Obama a terrorist. All right. A senior defense official told CNN late Tuesday that it appears we are done with the beheadings for now, referring to the wave of ousted civilian leaders, including Esper. But the moves will likely only add to the sense of chaos within the Pentagon following Trump's firing of Esper. The president jettisoned him two days after his Democratic opponent, Joe Biden, was projected as the winner of the presidential election, a conclusion that Trump has refused to accept. Well, it's a media projection, so I don't blame him. Concerns are growing that a chaotic transition period could undermine national security. Is that what you call it? National security? 
While top officials have been dealing with Trump's unpredictable decision making since he took office, the current level of uncertainty has risen steadily since the election. Knowledgeable sources told CNN's Jake Tapper Tuesday that the White House now seems focused on going after Esper's undersecretaries at the Defense Department in the wake of his firing on Monday. Esper was replaced by Christopher Miller, the director of the National Counter- Counterterrorism Center. The sources said the effort may be because Esper and his team were pushing back on a premature withdrawal from Afghanistan that would be carried out before the required conditions on the ground were met and other pending security issues. This is scary. It's very unsettling. One defense official told CNN, these are dictator moves. Oh, dictator moves. Withdraw our troops from that foreign country and bring them home, said the dictator. These people are psychotic. Okay, I'm not stupid. I'm not. Perhaps there's real reasons. There's real national security reasons that we need to be over there in the Middle East. Maybe. Maybe we're concerned about a power vacuum, the rise of an ISIS-like group or even ISIS. Maybe we're concerned about Syria and Russia taking ground and, and gaining space in the Middle East. Maybe. Maybe Donald Trump knew what he was doing. Maybe Donald Trump had a path to Middle Eastern peace. Maybe Donald Trump signed four historic peace agreements. I believe all of them recognized Israel, though one of them was not in the Middle East. It was, it was uh, uh, um, Kosovo and Serbia. Perhaps Trump's plans would have brought about true peace, but he was obstructed by psychopaths like this who think the will of the people does not matter. And that's what you get. Congratulations, Democrats. Um, you've secured our position in the Middle East for another couple of decades, I could only imagine. Conspiracy theorists and Trump loyalists, among those who assumed new roles in the Department of Defense, was controversial retired Brigadier General Anthony Tata, who moved into the Pentagon's top policy role, taking over the duties of James Anderson, who resigned Tuesday, according to another U.S. defense official. Tata had been nominated to be Undersecretary of Defense for policy this summer, but his nomination was withdrawn because of bipartisan opposition. CNN's K-File reported that he has made numerous Islamophobic and offensive comments and promoted various conspiracy theories. In several 2018 tweets, he claimed Obama was a terrorist leader who did more to harm the U.S. and help Islamic countries than any president in history. After the withdrawal of his nomination, Tata was designated the official, perform- uh, the official performing the duties of the deputy undersecretary of policy for policy. Yeah. You see, when Syria got torn apart, the United States under Barack Obama's official position was to oppose Bashar al-Assad. Now, Assad's got his problems, man. He absolutely does. And I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers. But Barack Obama decided to assist the freedom fighters, many of whom went on to become ISIS. And there you go. Trump was the one who act, who effectively crushed ISIS under Obama. It just kept growing and getting worse. But Trump was the bad guy, isn't he? Yeah, that's what they'll say. They say Anderson has been serving as the acting undersecretary. Sure, I don't care about these stupid smears. Democrats were alarmed by the developments. It is hard to overstate just how dangerous high level turnover at the Department of Defense is during a period of presidential transition. The top policy professional in the department resigning the day after the secretary of defense was uh, was fired could mark the beginning of a process of gutting the DOD, something that should alarm all Americans. No, just lunatics like you and their sycophants over at CNN. Anderson wasn't the only senior figure to depart on Tuesday. Retired Navy Vice Admiral Joseph Kernan 
The Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence also left his position. According to another defense official, it was not immediately clear if Kernan had resigned or was fired, but his departure has been accelerated. Cash Patel will be the chief of chief of staff to Miller, according to an administration official and a U.S. defense official. Patel, who most recently served as senior director of counterterrorism at the National Security Council, is a controversial figure who previously worked under Republican Rep. Devin Nunes of California on the House Intelligence Committee. He was among the names mentioned during the House impeachment inquiries investigation into the administration's decision to delay military aid to Ukraine last year. Patel has a very close working relationship with Miller, the administration official said. It's crazy. Multiple civilian and military officials working inside the Pentagon are raising the question of whether the departure of Esper and other officials will now clear the way for Trump in his final weeks in office to potentially again call for initiatives he wants to pursue. The Pentagon opposes. One would be again raising the specter of using active duty forces under the Insurrection Act against any future protests. There are no protests right now, are there? They're all they're all peaceful. There's very few riots going on. You still have some unrest in the Portland area popping up here and there, and they'll likely get worse under uh, uh, Joe Biden. But kind of absurd to bring that up now, huh? Another potential raised by officials would be override the military advice he's been given and bring troops home from Afghanistan by Christmas. It's time, is it not? I had a conversation with Sean Parnell, smart guy, good dude. And he said he thinks we do need some kind of presence in, in Afghanistan because we want to avoid a power vacuum, which could give rise to groups like ISIS. Fair point, And I'm willing to accept it. I don't have all the answers. I'm not I'm not uh, uh, I've I know a little bit about the news coming out of the Middle East and things like this. It's a longstanding history that goes back before I was born. Sure. They've not justified it to the American people, so I'm not willing to play their dirty games. But Sean, Sean was a good dude. Sean is a good dude. The conversation we had was good. And I'm willing to accept that we maintain a small presence and we draw down our troops significantly to the extent that we should be in there. Look, none at all. I don't think we should be there at all. Power vacuum arises. Well, we're the uh, United States of America, uh, not the United States of the Middle East. We shouldn't be doing nation building. And I will tell you this. You want to come to me? You want to come to me and tell me we should have our troops in Afghanistan doing nation building stuff, setting up buildings. OK, OK, I will absolutely concede, you know, let's go for it after you fix Flint. How about that? And wait, wait, what's that? Flint's got a lot of problems. Flint, Michigan, the water. You fix that. Let's talk because then we can go down the list of all the other cities that need to be fixed, of all the other people in this country who need help before you want to talk about worrying about what's happening over there. But that's what we get in this country. The people who voted for Joe Biden don't care. They don't know and they don't care. They're not paying attention. But man, is it frustrating? I tell you this. So you know what? Maybe Donald Trump will get to finally take some some, uh, you know, heavy action, getting our troops back, whatever. And you know what? Maybe it'll make problems in the Middle East. I'm, I'm, I'm totally aware of that. Maybe it will result in a rise of horrifying groups and horrifying activities. And then, you know, maybe then the UN and other countries will say we got to go in and stop this. Or maybe let me, uh, let me let me say. If that really was your concern, you'd be talking about China and the Uyghur Muslim camps. They're not talking about that. That's happening now. Don't tell me about the what ifs in the Middle East when things are actually happening in other countries you don't care about. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Well, we'll see if we get to that point. As I've said over and over again, it seems 
likely that we're headed towards a Joe Biden presidency, but the election's not over yet. Trump is contesting it. And whatever the probabilities may be, that's just reality. But in the event that Joe Biden is facing inauguration, he's very worried about something. Biden campaign reportedly worries inauguration could turn into a Trump MAGA rally. Quote, what do you do if our people don't show up and his do? <laughs> I don't know. It would be amazing, though. I remember watching videos from like uh, 2000, the Bush v. Gore thing, and like people were, were I, I, I could be wrong, but it's been a long time. But weren't they like egging the, the motorcade and they'd like rush through because people are like, you're not my president. You didn't win. It'd be really funny if a bunch of Trump supporters showed up to Joe Biden's inauguration with MAGA hats and Trump flags and all that stuff. I don't know if they let him in wearing, uh, uh, bringing flags or whatever, but it'd be funny if they were all wearing Trump gear and they were booing at the same time. Just the news says some members of Joe Biden's campaign team are reportedly worried that inauguration day in Washington, D.C. might turn into a huge President Trump rally, similar to the mawkish Make America Great events he held throughout his campaign. In a Daily Beast piece headlined, Biden world fears Trump will being we- bring weird s to their inauguration. The liberal website says Biden supporters more worried about COVID-19 than Trump supporters might not attend. But MAGA supporters just might fill that void. Quote, inaugurals always require intricate planning. This one will be a really delicate dance to have that element of accessibility without risk. Steve Kerrigan, who served as CEO of the 2013 presidential inaugural committee, told The Beast, I cannot see a president elect Biden like Trump putting narcissism or ego ahead of the safety of the people. Yeah, what they're saying is to avoid the fact that Biden has no supporters and is probably go- he's going to be one of the least popular presidents. And I, and I mean it. I'll, I'll explain in a second. They're going to they're going to say, oh, COVID, oh, dark winter. We're going to have a private inauguration in the cellar. Go hide in your bunker, Joe. Least popular president. What I mean is Donald Trump has his haters, but Donald Trump has his fans and a lot of them. Joe Biden, nothing. I mean, there are people who hate Joe Biden, but there's no Joe Biden fans. Come on. That's we, we know there aren't. So who's going to show up to a Joe Biden inauguration if they actually have one? Nobody, nobody. Nah, not going to happen. Quote, but the question being confronted by inauguration planners are now twofold. How do you actually keep attendees away? And if wannabe revelers decide not to show up, will you be left with a mass gathering of Trump supporters in their place? What do you do if our people don't show up in his due? One official involved in inaugural planning reportedly said they probably will. And the last thing you want is a MAGA rally on the mall when Joe Biden is sworn in as president. I think Trump would want to make this as much of an S show as possible. While the election is still in flux, few states have certified results. The Electoral College doesn't vote until December 14th, and Team Trump has filed more than a dozen lawsuits questioning the voting process. Viewing stands are already being erected along Pennsylvania Avenue, including directly in front of the White House. Hundreds of thousands of people often show up, even though it's usually frigid in D.C. on January 20th. CNN said that appears to be on track again. Quote, Judging by hotel bookings, the surge in COVID-19 cases won't keep people from attending the presidential inauguration in Washington, D.C., CNN wrote on Twitter. Several of D.C.'s signature hotels have already reached capacity for January 20th, and many of those that do still have vacancies are increasing their rates and enforcing minimum stay periods, CNN wrote, noting luxury hotels are already sold out, but budget hotels are also selling out fast. Every Holiday Inn in D.C. is sold out for Inauguration Day with the closest rooms still available being in Alexandria, Virginia's old town. 
But it just so happens that Trump has his own hotel, too. The Beast wrote another story headlined, MAGA maniacs have Trump's D.C. hotel booked solid for his inauguration. His? <laughs> Who are you talking about? The reservations clerk at the hotel on Monday advised that there was no way to predict when someone might cancel and create a vacancy between January 16th and January 21st. You would have to keep checking, she said. The site reported on Wednesday. Well, I suppose that will be a very, very funny thing to see. You see, Joe Biden won because of low information voters, people who didn't actually care about what Joe Biden was bringing to the table. They just heard the media said orange man is bad. And they said, OK, orange man is bad. Right. Well, the orange man's not that bad. The orange man was doing some pretty good things in the Middle East, as far as I could tell. And even I'll, I'll tell you this. When it comes to the Middle East stuff, which, man, I've been going off on because these past few segments it got me really angry. Trump has access to the classified information. So when Trump says we can bring our troops back, I say, OK, sounds about right. But for some reason, they just want us to be there, don't they? Low information voters. That's who voted for Donald Trump. And I brought the receipts. You see, Joe Biden's not going to get people to stand there waving Biden flags because, I mean, I mean, there'll be people, don't get me wrong. It's just not going to be a large quantity of people because nobody knows or cares about Joe Biden. And the reality is, as people start to learn about Joe Biden now after, well, after the, the election day, many of them start to realize they don't like him. Case in point, from the examiner, media's hiding of Hunter Biden's scandal robbed Trump of clear win. They say enough of Joe Biden's voters would have switched their selection had they known about his son Hunter's money scandal enough to give President Trump a clear victory. In a new survey, 4.6 percent of Biden's voters said they would not have selected him had they been aware of his son's China money affair. According to McLaughlin and Associates poll done for the Media Research Center, 36% of Biden voters were not aware of the scandal, and 13% of those said they would not have voted for Biden had they known. 13%. Quote, such a shift away from Biden would have meant President Trump would have won the election with, a two, with, with 289 electoral votes, said the polling outfit, which did work for the Trump campaign in 2016 and this year. So maybe it's biased. Well, it is biased. Maybe it's wrong. The story was not covered much in non-conservative media. And Twitter and other social media platforms banned many of the reports on their sites. They rigged the game. They rigged the game. That was it. We knew what they were doing and why they did it. Senator Lindsey Graham has predicted that Hunter Biden's newly discovered business deals overseas while his dad was vice president would swing the election. Quote, now we know the impact of that cover up, said MRC President Brett Bozel, adding 4.6 of Biden, 4.6 percent of Biden voters say they would not have voted for him had they been aware of evidence of this scandal. This story would have potentially changed the outcome of this election. The media in Silicon Valley were fully aware of this, so they actively tried to prevent it from reaching the American public. The American people deserved to know the truth. Now it's too late. Yeah, in, in this capacity. News organizations are under no obligation, okay, to, to publish stories you want them to publish. I get people hitting me up all the time saying, Tim, why won't you talk about this? I talk about what I talk about, but the social media companies suppressing the information and the media organizations that lied about what happened. Those are the people who cheated. They cheated the American people out of their right to know the people have a right to information. The people have a right to know. You see, there seem to be a couple different views of the world. Now, not absolute, but you have many of these people who believe it's better that the rabble, 
be kept in the dark because they're too dumb and only we can decide for them. However, this creates sort of a, um, a feedback loop of sorts. Stupid people make stupid decisions. Uninformed people make bad choices. If you believe keeping them in the dark, keeping people in the dark is the right approach because they make bad choices, you're the reason they are. In fact, a decentralized network is going to calculate better than a command structure. You, the genius, you think you're so much smarter than everyone. I don't mean you, I mean the rhetorical you. These elites are like, I know what's best for the American people because you think you're so smart, but you're not. Decentralization, turning all of these individual human beings into a supercomputer, give them proper context and information, and then they will calculate properly and we will do the right thing. Keep them in the dark and keep feeding them trash. And this is what you get. For those that don't don't know, I uh, have a music video out called Will of the People, and that's basically what it's about. It is people who think they are right and they know what's needed to save the people. So um, check out the song. Now that now that I'm onto the uh, rant, I'll, I'll wrap it up by saying this. Uh, search YouTube for Timcast IRL, Will of the People, and watch it. And that's what it's about. It's about people, who these, these leaders, these despots who keep saying, I know what's needed for the good of my people to save them. And, and they constantly take these actions that result in death and harm. Because they think they're right. And whenever they do these things, they say, this is the will of the people. It's what the people really want, isn't it? It's not. We don't know what the people really want if you keep hiding the truth from them. Because as it turns out, if the people knew the truth about Hunter Biden and the Joe Biden family and Biden Inc., as many of us tried to inform them, many of them would have changed their vote. And the result of this election would have been different. The election's not over. Trump's not conceding. And so we'll see. But uh, in the event Trump does end up not winning this one, then maybe Trump supporters will show up to Joe Biden's inauguration day and let him know how they really feel. Maybe the American people will not sit by and they will say something. You know, earlier today, uh, on one of my earlier segments, we have this quote from Dr. Fauci, who said, America has an independent spirit, but it's time to do what you're told. No, sorry. America is a country where our constitution ensures my right to take a look at any one of these politicians and give them the finger and say, go F yourself. That's the Constitution, because this is a country of, by and for the people. But the media is supposed to be the safeguard, informing the people so they can make the right decision. They're not doing that. Powerful people, they've taken these institutions because they want more power. I guess I guess we're going to need to see. uh you know, independent voices start rising up. I think you watching this is probably a good start, but share this video. I guess that's a start. And maybe if we continue on this trend and we can get past this wave of censorship, we really will pull through. But I don't know for sure. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Make sure you check out. I haven't promoted the video, my music video on these channels, but check it out. Will of the People. Search for it right now. Timcast IRL, Will of the People. You'll, I think you'll really like it based on what we've talked about. But um, next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all then.